0: you're listening to the routine project podcast where i your host justin crawford am getting into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs thought leaders celebrities and so many more with one mission in mind understanding their routines so we can get into building the ones that make the most sense for us this is the one podcast that's hyper focused on routines and routines only What's cool is I feel like we're learning with the guests of the show because sometimes they come on here and they don't even know that they have these routines. I'm excited you're here to learn something new, so thank you for clicking play wherever you're tuning in. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Routine Project. The one podcast that's hyper focused on routines and routines only of the highest performing entrepreneurs and business leaders that I have the privilege of introducing you to. And today, Dylan Barber joins me, and I'm so excited. Uh, you know, we found our way to meeting each other through some mutual friends, and I've got to say, he's got a hell of a brand himself. Continues to build brands and and invest in some, which I know we'll be learning a lot about on today's episode. Uh, Barber's an entrepreneur; he's co-founder of the Visor app, which I'll tell you about here in just a moment, uh, and a serial investor and better for you. CPG brands. On top of that, he's being known for obviously his time on that very popular show. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Bachelorette, uh, which I'm sure we'll hit on as well. And his extraordinary time that he's had on uh, such a reality show. Dylan, thanks for saying yes to doing this podcast with me, buddy. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm a, I'm a big routine guy. So I feel like it fit perfectly into what I, what I, you got to practice what you preach.
0: You know what I mean? lucky for us who are listening, that's the case, because a lot of times what happens on this show, uh, and I preach this all the time, and I will never not say this on a podcast episode, that you may or may not have routines that you've been aware of, right? And I think for you, you are aware of that. But most of our guests, believe it or not, Dylan, have unwrapped or uncovered routines while talking about it, right? They're answering some of these questions uh, that, I always, that I always tee up. But I guess to start what made you a routine guy to begin with? You know what I mean? And then I'm sure we'll get into everything else to to talk about too. But I mean, where did you uncover like, all right, routines work for me. I like them, um, be it that you're type A or you know type not, but you know, when was that for you?
1: Yeah. I've played sports since I was like, I don't know, six or seven years old. And so you've got like a pretty regimented, like you're not going to be able to get your homework done before practice if you're not like kind of allocating the right amount of time and then you got to go to practice and then you come home because you know you're gonna be tired so you go to bed like so at at an early age i was like okay well i'll get up gotta go to school come home i have to get my homework done go to football practice come home eat go to sleep because otherwise i'm gonna be too tired to wake up the next day and then that kind of just is like now that i've become more of an adult like bled into other things Mm um work-wise like my day operates in 30 minute intervals. Like I know from nine to five, like I've got calls, meetings, calls, meetings, calls, meetings. Um, but outside of that is really where the routine part comes in. Cool. So every day I wake up, I stretch for like five to 10 minutes. The second I wake up, I make a smoothie with like collagen, some protein, fruits and vegetables. Um, I take magnesium, fish oil, B12 zinc. Uh, and then I usually work out around if if i'm not working out at 7 a.m i'm usually playing some sort of like adult sport league at like seven or eight o'clock come home eat dinner stretch take magnesium again go to bed wake up do it all over again so i I, that is like my routine to a t i do it almost every single day and then on the weekends like when i get out of it Mm. or like i'm like tired monday i'm like i don't really want to do anything today it just screws up my whole my energy's off i'm tired all the time like Yeah, it just affects everything.
0: There's power to it. And that's kind of why we created this podcast. I feel like when you have as, as mundane as it might seem, I think that there is power of peace with routines. And you've probably found that, right? That when you kind of, don't do certain things that you're used to doing, it throws you off rail and then you start finding that you don't have as much energy or enthusiasm. We got to talk about magnesium in a sec because I feel like at some point you may be investing in like a magnesium brand down the line <laughs> But as much as you're taking. That's important for muscle recovery, right? And, and, and just recovery in general, I've heard when before you go to bed and right when you're- uh- ready-
1: yeah, I just started that. That's like one new wrinkle I've added. So I was having a lot of like leg problems and like my hip was hurting really, really bad because I'll like play flag football or basketball. So it's like a lot of high impact on my legs. Yeah. Um, and it got, got to the point where I, I would like have a little limp in the morning and I would be like, oh my God, like I'm 28. Like this shouldn't be the case. I started taking magnesium and it was gone within like two days. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty, I, uh... I think I was like literally... I think I was literally like deficient. Um, so that, that was like super insane. I have like no problem now. My hip is totally fine. I'm doing the exact same things. Like that was the only kind of thing I added into it. So I'm a big magnesium guy currently.
0: And a big routine guy. So we'll keep talking about routines though. So when you are, you're traveling on the road, I assume that you're splitting your time now between, you know, um, the West Coast cities, right? And so, even if you are having to fly out for gigs, meetings, whatever that might look like, how do you take such a strict routine on the road? And the reason I ask is because folks who are listening, whether you whether or not you came from Dylan's side of the house or ours, it's it's important to see what that looks like when it's not in your current environment. You know what I mean? Professional and personal routine.
1: Yeah, I like will not enjoy a vacation if I can't do the same thing. Yeah. So- Like, like vacation for me, isn't like sitting at the beach and like not working out and eating like crap and all that stuff. Like if I can't work out at least like a few times, like I try to do minimum three times a week. If I can't get three times a week, I'm like, I feel so bad. My body feels bad. And so like, even like I'll spend a lot of time between here and LA. So I'm in San Diego and I go up to LA, you know, at a minimum couple times a month. Um, but I have a gym that I'm like, I know I'm going to go take my class here at either five o'clock or I'm going to take it at seven o'clock. And I stay yep. at the hotel right next to the gym. And I like go on, I use wow. class pass. I bring all my workout stuff with me. So I always have a case of waters, a change of clothes and like boxing gloves and cleats and football and uh, basketball shoes all in my car, like in the little trunk. With a... So like, no matter where I go, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like I can get a workout in.
0: That's right. It's part anytime. of your, mm-hmm. and
1: that's just like, that's just part of my part of my routine. And then I can always stretch wherever I want. And then then it's really just like dieting, like, okay, I'm traveling. I shouldn't go get like fast food or anything like that. I'll have to find a small like local spot, eat something healthy.
0: The the things we'll learn from Dylan on this episode is remarkable (laughs) folks. Cause I looked at Dylan, I go, all right, listen, I know a lot of our close friends who, who screw their routines when they travel and people that are in business with you and, or have seen how you do business and they also screw their routines on their travel, which I'll send this episode to them. And you know, some, that that's important. So a little bit on discipline here for a moment, and then I want you to uh, share with us where the discovery of, of a visor came from. And I think it's such a it's such a fascinating company, uh, let alone the the brands that you get to work with and and of course collaborate with. But on discipline, where have you found the most benefit? in your professional career, as it relates even to the start advisor, right? How has being so disciplined in a routine and not seeing it as a bad thing? Cause some people would see your routine currently as, oh my God, it's so like, so regiment, so routine, but how did that serve you in your professional life so far?
1: Yeah, I think the, like everybody we live in, like the on-demand world. So like you can get whatever you want within 15 minutes, right? Like I can order uh, plate of sushi and it'll be delivered from my favorite restaurant you know within the next 15 to 30 minutes I could watch any movie I want like just open up Netflix and Amazon Prime I could play video games I can scroll TikTok and just like every five seconds get that dopamine rush like everything happens so instantaneous right now versus like business physical mental wellness like those are pretty like lagging kind of indicators I would say and in, in the sense that like I could go work out for a week and not see any changes, or I could meditate for five minutes a day for a week and not really see like a ton of changes, but being able to like, just continuously build on that a couple of weeks from now, a month from now, two months from now, there's going to be a drastic change. And I'm going to feel like, I'm going to notice like, you know, 90 days in versus where I was on day one is going to be completely different. And like people just like, that like delayed gratification is like a really hard thing. I just think for people in general and in business, it's the same thing. Like you're not just going to become a millionaire overnight. Your business isn't going to be making $50 million within the first like six months. Right. So it's just like knowing that, okay, if I continue to do the right things, they're going to build on top of each other. And that's like what you can control. Um, And that's really it. Like I, I, I have now learned that, there's no such thing as a perfect plan. So you can just keep grinding away, doing the right things, taking the meetings, learning as much as possible and good things will happen. And you'll look back and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, where I was a year ago to where I am today has been such a drastic shift. But in the moment I was like, why is this taking so long? Right. So it's all about just like, continuing to grind away, building that routine, Atomic Habits, I'm sure you right. Clear, probably right? read or, or anything like that is like one of the best books as it relates to just like building habits and continuing to grind away at it no matter what you're doing.
0: That's right. One well, thing too is it's like vision setting, right? And that's what I just typed out here. Usually when I'm interviewing folks, I had this little notepad in front of me that has their intro and it used to have questions. And I was like, I know that with Dylan, I don't have to prepare. And then I'm taking notes as you're talking. And you mentioned delayed gratification And almost like just trusting your intuition on what you're creating or building in a sense, right? And I almost love, I don't almost love, I do love that you have such a structured personal routine, what it seems right before you clock in, before you clock out per se, because you do work business hours that need to operate. Even if you're an entrepreneur, like you still want to operate in the business hours of when everyone's going to get back to you and take meetings and et cetera, right? So in the time that you have control over, that's where you found the most strict routines if I have that right, where... You know, exactly.
1: So yeah. So I do like sales and, and partnerships. So my day to day and my schedule actually relies on other people's schedules. Yeah. And so like I'm like in the least amount of control from like nine to five. It's just like, okay, wh- when do you have a 30-minute window? Great. Sure. Let's jump on then and we can like chat more about this. So I think that's probably why outside of the nine to five, why I'm like, nope, I have to work out at yeah, seven. I have, stress, I have to eat this. It's like these are my we did, it's so funny you said that we just went over non-negotiables the other day. Oh, yeah. it was like, uh, what you know, what are like the top three things you value? And just by like chatting through like where health and wellness is on so my business, family, relationships, things like that, I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, if I can't work at seven, I'll take the class at eight and I'll be five minutes late to my 9 a.m. meeting because I just know like I have to get that in before the day starts. So I think if people People will be less stressed if sure. they just write out their non-negotiables and their top three things and live by it and make them very clear. Like, hey, listen, like I value my health and wellness. I value my quality time. I, re- I value my alone time, whatever it oh. is. And if you yeah. make that known, then people like it's like, yeah, listen, I told you that's what I value. So I'm not like acting any different than what I'm saying oh. at the end of the day. So,
0: yeah, I'm a yeah, big fan a of To go deep enough to find out what those actually are, right? You just challenged people who are listening, which is really fun. I did this thing. uh, We have a mental health podcast coming out soon with Kevin, uh, Quinn and I, and and we started challenging folks who listen, but Dylan just popped up with one here where it makes a lot of sense that, right, you do go right down what those values are. It doesn't have to be three, maybe, right? It could be two, five, but if you stick to them, I think a lot of that. You can control so much outside of the business that you're doing. So on that, if we can get into Visor, why did you decide to create a company like this?
1: Yeah, so we started the company five years ago. Um, I was working at Morgan Stanley. My cousin came to me with the idea and she was like, hey... I want to start building something that makes people healthier. Um, I have this idea for like a rewards app. You can work out, give back and get free products for yourself. I played sports growing up, uh, you know, pretty much since I was, I don't know, eight years old, all the way through college. Mm. I was really big into just like health and wellness and working out in general, but I didn't really understand like, next level, right? On like how working out and eating right, all those things affects your mental health, your sleep, which then bleeds into how you operate during the day. Like it all starts from kind of that one base. Um, I love the idea. I quit my job, you know, pretty much on the spot, give or take a few months. <laughs> um, and then I moved to San Diego and we kind of just hit the ground running and we didn't know anything. We had no idea what we were doing. We just knew this is the concept we wanted to create and we think people would love it. Through that, we met with, I mean, probably 350 people the first year just driving all over San Diego, taking any meeting that we could with like entrepreneurs, uh, investors, gym owners, restaurant owners, people who work at consumer facing brands, law firms, like people in HR, like we would just meet with anybody and um, explain what we were working and just like, it was really cool to see excitement of people. They're like, oh, that actually is like a really cool idea. Like I, I would use this. That's like what a lot of the conversations were. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was really just like, okay, let's get as much information as possible. Let's get as much good data as possible from these conversations. Let's start to like build a product around it. And then it's just like, let's roll it out, see what happens, take in, iterate, take in data, iterate, like, and just continue to go. Um, but yeah, now, so basically the way it works is it's free to download, free to use every day that you work out. So pair it to your phone, Apple watch Fitbit, you know, kind of whatever you use, uh, and you hit 30 minutes or 10,000 steps. You can donate a meal, uh, to feeding America, or if you're in San Diego, I think it still goes to the San Diego food bank. You have to fact check me on that, uh, we've donated over 4 million meals. And each time you donate, you get a point point. you can accumulate those, spend them for, free healthy groceries online at retailers like Kroger and Walmart or you can go to some of our restaurant partners like uh Takaya for example and get a free taco. So the idea is that we just want you to like get more into that routine of one working out, two, just trying new healthy products because yeah. like what you put in your body affects all so much of what you do like long term. Um and then three, what we really want to do is start building a little bit more of a community inside that. So sure. Joining teams, challenging friends, uh, you know, things like that, I think will be really fun to implement down the line. Um, and then the growth plan has just been through corporate wellness. So sure. we work w- we work with Panera Bread as an employee tool. Um, I think Sharp Healthcare and a bunch of other Huge. places. And and that's been like the way to reach the masses because the goal is to hit the 70% of people who aren't really meeting those health and fitness goals. That's right. Um, uh, versus, you know
0: the 20, 30% of people who are. Wow. Said like a, said, said like a, the, (laughs) the co-founder, right? I think this is great. You then, so so listen, I think the idea probably changed over time, right? For anybody that's in entrepreneurship and or business, when you create an idea and you execute, like you'd said, you kind of go and you innovate along the way, essentially, which is great. And you learn every day and I'm sure that there's challenges. So if we can speak to some of the challenges that have happened in five years for you and what made you feel like it was worth taking on for five years and now onto the, you know, many more to come with Visor, what were some of those challenges? And then what, what were you telling yourself along the way to make sure that, you know what, I'm sticking with this. It's going to work. Here we go.
1: Yeah. I I always say like the, one of the best traits, you know, outside of like, you know, you want to be. Hungry as it relates to always learning and being able to take, be coachable and things like that. But I think one of the best traits is like somebody said, like strong opinions, loosely held kind of concept to where it's, um, a lot of people are going to give you their insight. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are going to give you, you know, feedback and advice and ideas. Like, you know, the business better than they do. Like, even if they are some like super established entrepreneur, like you're in it every day. So you obviously know it better. So being able to take that feedback and know when to listen to it and mm. when to say like, I hear you, but we're going to keep doing it this way. I think is like one of the hardest things to do. And if you can sure. balance that, it, you'll see some good success. That was a challenge in the beginning. Like we would just be like, okay, they said we should do this. So maybe we do this versus I think now having like the confidence as an entrepreneur and knowing what we're doing, like that has been one thing that we've learned It's just like, okay, we hear you, but like, You don't really understand the market. We're going to keep doing this. We'll come back to you in six months and we can reevaluate it. And there's a lot of times where that's worked for us. And then there's a lot of times where we took people's advice and it was the right decision, which we were like, you know, maybe not thinking of doing. So I would say like challenges in the early days are pricing, like if you wanted to be into like the actual business part of it, like figuring out the pricing of your product, I think is actually pretty difficult. Sure. Um, Because customers are always going to want a discount. You're always going to want always. to the most. Um, So finding that middle ground Uh, outside of that, I think conviction is, is super important because like, it's not, people think like startups are like, Oh, up into the right. Sure. That's all we do. It is like highs, of the highest and the lows of the lowest and generally the lows outweigh the highs a lot of the time, uh, until you really get to that point to where you're like not treading water anymore, but you're like starting to swim. Um, and so, yeah, just being able to, like, I don't think I could have done it without a co-founder. Like I have so much respect for solo founders, um, just because like the support system that we have and knowing how difficult it's been, I can't imagine not having that support system. Like I have a, fiance, my mom My mom and brother are super involved. My my cousin is obviously my co-founder. Um, and we have an advisory board. Like we have all these people supporting us. Like the folks who are Correct. doing it solo, I just think like kudos. It's very difficult.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, listen, so many good nuggets here. I, I have questions now on confidence, calculated decision-making and having fun with your business, which we'll leave for last. On confidence, Dylan, how do you feel like you and your co-founder, you said your cousin, right? This is amazing. You get to literally work yeah. with family. So that's why I have the having fun with your business question. But you think of confidence building, how you were able to build it, how important it is to have confidence in a business at all. Even if you're running a business and it's not yours, confidence. Uh, how did, how were you able to to build it? Yeah, I think it's all about,
1: I'm a big like, I'm not an expert, but I like want to know as much as possible. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I can now I have all I have all the information. I can now make like an educated guess or decision and I can have confidence in that. And I can speak to how I got to that point. Yeah. I think a lot of people respect that. Um, And I think that when we around 2020 was really like the, okay, let's really get into the nitty gritty, understand the the market, understand, the industry, the pain points, why consumers like it, why brands and customers like it. Um, and just know as much as possible. And from that, being able to just make decisions, having as much information as you can and being able to speak to it and be like, and if you get pushback, it's like, Hey, listen, this is how I came to that conclusion. And a lot of the times people are respected and be more open to it. And they're like, Oh, they've done their research kind of thing. Yeah. So I would say that has been, uh, that has been the number one thing to help us build it is just to, to, you know, kind of try to become an expert in the space outside of that it's trial and error. Like, like you got to get 10 at bats. And if, if you strike out every 10 times, like all 10 times, the 11th time, like could be the one you actually hit it and you're ready to go. And so like getting the reps in is obviously just a necessary. Like I remember 2020, the whole year I was just essentially getting punched in the face every time I tried to sell a brand, like it was just so brutal, but then now like, that's all I do. I have no problem talking. I'll talk to anybody. It's super easy. I, I would say that the two top things would be getting the reps in. You just need to, even though it's terrible in the beginning. And then two, just like having as much information as possible, just about the space in general. So you can kind of put everything together, syndicate all that data, make a good, confident decision, Um, be able to defend it and speak to it. And I think that'll take you a long way.
0: Yeah. And you bring up team earlier, right? You have people in your ecosystem at the company uh, that are vouching for the brand, happy to help the brand in any way possible. And that's important. Yet also, how many people are operating the business day to day? 13. 13. Oh, that's, that's so many people. Okay. I thought it was just (laughs) y'all. I was like, wait, so you're in sales and partnerships. I would imagine that if it was just y'all, you're also in decks and spreadsheets and like all the things. Clearly got 13 people.
1: Yeah. So we we're up to, I think, 13 now. Um, Developers, accounts, people, um, I do all like the outbound, like initial sale and partnership. And then sure. McKenna on our team does like all the onboarding. It's called the Success. Fisherman
0: tool, right? Dylan's yeah. the Fisherman. Hey, I'm bringing I'm the trying. People, you
1: know? I'm trying, man.
0: Hey, listen, uh, people don't open up about that stuff. So thank you for even being so clear on like what's happening at Visor. Because a lot of times in business, it is the... Listen, like when it comes to like routines and habits, great, right? Like this podcast was built on that. But what I'm finding is that people are also being open to talking about what's going on within their business. And then just so gracefully... And graciously, really, uh, giving us tips and tools, right? Uh, and like you had said, with confidence, like there are specific things you will have to put yourself through in order to do this. So a lot of times when people are tuning into this podcast and you are thinking about entrepreneurship, you are in entrepreneurship and you're trying to wiggle your way at certain situations. That's what these are for. Do you know what I mean? Then also, calculated decision-making. Dylan Barber. When I say calculate, I'm talking like high-level... You know, if you make this certain decision, it's going to swing the bat that way. You can't even make it to home run without making these two steps first. Like where in your head does calculated decision making, when did it click first within that first five years? And then what was really happening for you now to be in a place where you feel like you are just better at it? Cause that's something everyone struggles with. It's like you saying yes to coming on this podcast with me is one hour less of time. You could be working, which is why I always, <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. You know what I mean? But like, that's just a calculated decision.
1: Yeah. I usually, I usually slow down around like three 30 to five and then, oh, thank God. And then I, I hang out. I like, we'll chill. And then like around six, seven o'clock, I like we'll work for another few hours just cause sure. like at that point, cause nobody come, come five o'clock, nobody's taking, you know, meetings at the end of the day and stuff like that. So it's, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and I enjoy talking to you. So that's another thing. It's another added benefit, but Thanks, ca- calculated decision-making like, I think it just comes from one, like you have to make a lot. So over time you just organically get better at it. But two, I think being able to just like take a breath and be like, okay, yeah, how's this going to play out? What are the scenarios? What are the ones that I'm cool with? What's worst case scenario? How can we avoid that one? Um, I mean, this, this is like a daily thing. We always have something going on where we're like, okay, what's, how can we like, Make sure our next step is our best step, kind of concept. Sure. My cousin is really good when it comes to this types of things. Like I'd say she's better than than me on like the strategic decision making side. My end is more so the consumer kind of product that these businesses are are partnering with us on. Like I talk to hundreds of brands. And so just figuring out what their problem is and like trying to be really, really deep into like the customer problem. Sure. And then Sam is really good at the I would say like business strategy piece of like, no, we have to operate it this way like this is the ah. correct way to do it that kind of thing so I, we play off each other really well um there's this there's this i i don't know I think it's called like a builder's score or something like that um and it's a test, and they give you ten traits so there's ten traits and they give you five, and I was the first five, and then she was the second five and wow. we like and and I was like wow that's that's pretty, pretty awesome. So we we play yeah. off each other pretty well. So I, again, like I'm, I'm lucky to have a co-founder. Um, and I would say she does a lot more of the strategic business stuff. I'm, I'm usually like, I'm usually the, let's just do it and see what happens kind of person. Assuming, <laughs> assuming the, the, see what happens. Isn't like some massive risk, but in general, I'm like, yeah, yeah let's just do it. And If it's like not a huge risk, like I always view them as learning moments. That's right. I'm like, yeah, let's just tell them it's a hundred grand. Let's just see what happens. Let's like, just go post this. Let's just see what happens. Like, just like always opportunities to learn from it. Sam and then our COO, Nick are probably on the opposite side. So we balance each other out.
0: That's right. And sometimes it's not even like you're you're it's not, it's not that you would butt heads on it, it's that you have to come to the middle on it. I like that you bring up risk taking, right? I think it's calculated decision making and risk taking in the nature of entrepreneurship. It's it's interesting because it's like even if you have 13 people, you still have to identify like where your skill set still lands. Like most people will be like, Oh, well, I'm doing too many things. It's like, okay, well, stick in your lane, right? So then you have found that you're. Lane almost. And I'd love for you to describe it to us. Where do you feel like your lane with visor? And even as an investor at this point, what's your strongest lane to be operating in five days out of the week?
1: Yeah, my mine would be pretty much what I just touched on. And then that's just like being super knowledgeable about the industry that we're in. So yeah. as it relates to CPG brands and restaurants, gyms, grocery stores, like that whole ecosystem of health and wellness products like that's probably my bread and butter so hey i know this is a problem x is facing like here's why solution and then going to the team and be like how can we build this what's the right way to do it from a tech standpoint what's the right way to do it from a b2b marketing standpoint or a consumer marketing standpoint um and that's kind of like my my lane is like understanding the problem creating like a general solution And then Mm -hmm. collaborating with the team on how to like bring that to life,
0: I would say is like the best way for like me to spend my time. Friends, I'm not sure if you've been into any supplements recently, especially ones for the brain, but here on this episode today, we've got a sponsored message from our friends over at Mind Lab Pro. This all-in-one nootropic formula is one that I highly recommend to those who want to level up in their daily lives, especially those who are seeking a more focused, clear, and cognitive day. Now, they've been called the world's number one brain supplement, and here's why. The Road to MLP version 4.0 started back in 2015, the year of the smart drug. They'd heard of the hype coming out of Silicon Valley, and then they saw the movie Limitless, but they knew what the reality of brain smart drugs and supplements were going to look like. A lot of times when it comes to these types of supplements, the anxiety, crashes, and burnout all occur, and so they wanted to do something that was clean, safe, and smart that we could all be taking to help with our brain functionality. MindLab Pro targets all areas of cognition in all types of people, helping anybody and everybody to work, play, live, and age smarter. They're consistently innovating their strategies and techniques, partnering with industry leaders in nutrition technology, and more importantly, coming up with the best formulations. And the best part is their mission remains the same, to deliver the ultimate all-in-one nootropic formula to optimize human performance and long-range brain health without costing the earth. Believe it or not, I've been taking three capsules throughout my workdays, somewhere between around 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. before or after lunch, and y'all, for someone who has a high attention span like myself and a quick moving brain, this formula has allowed me to somehow focus and lean into my daily priorities in a smarter, faster, and stronger way than ever before. Now, as someone who's taken these types of formulas before, I would not recommend something if I didn't really try it. And I know three capsules sounds like a lot per day, but it's usually just between Monday and Thursday or Monday and Friday when I really need to lean in on some of these deliverables and things I want to get done to be a more productive version of myself. Oh, and I forgot to mention almost that MindLab Pro's sustainability ethos as a company is my favorite thing ever. This formula is the cleanest, greenest brain supplement on the planet. 100% plant-based, vegan-certified, and ethically sourced. Delivered in recycled boxes and biodegradable shipping materials too. Okay, now I want you to try it for yourself if you're at all interested by going to mindlabpro.com, that's M-I-N-D-L-A-B-P-R-O.com, and you'll get 15% off thanks to the show right here that you're listening to by using that promo code Routine15. And when you use the supplement, my friends, I promise you'll watch your performance and brain health go to the next level. Again, that link is www.mindlabpro.com and just use that promo code for 15% off at checkout, Routine 15. More on being an investor, right? And the better for you. I I think it was with Jason on his show uh, and he had brought up an Instagram picked video of, of your episode with him on trading secrets as to like what you invest in, why you invest in it. And I'll never forget the words better for you, right? That's a very particular type of CPG, whatever type of investing that you end up doing. Why did you decide? And it sounds like it's just in alignment with your values and kind of what you want to be doing professionally anyway, but a little deeper there, where did better for you become this area of interest for you to then put your own money into those types of brands?
1: Yeah, I... <clears throat> I have like a very, I think a long time ago, I developed like an unhealthy relationship with food and then have since then been like, like I used to drink a Pepsi before I went to sleep every night when I was in like high school, which is like probably the worst thing. And I've been very open about like not liking soda. Um, so, and then now being able to, to understand like, you know, what you put in your body will have like literally affects like your lifespan and Something you can control. So why not? Um so then I, so, so when we moved to San Diego, that was really like 2018, 2019, like the better for you CPG consumer package goods space was just exploding. Like, I feel like Sujo was becoming super big, perfect bar was becoming super big, chosen foods was starting to blow up. Like we had a ton of, and then like over the course of time, like June shines down here in San Diego. Um So, a ton of like pretty big brands in the space. And then that's who we just kind of organically got in touch with. They were interested in what we were doing. We had health and wellness consumers on the app. We had mainly women who make the purchasing decisions as it relates to groceries and things like that. So, brands were organically interested in what we were doing. We started to learn a lot more about kind of the industry and the products coming to market. There were healthy cookie doughs. There was like, prebiotic and probiotic sodas, kombucha, uh, you know, collagen in your coffee. Like there are so many different things happening. Um, and, and we just thought it was one of the coolest spaces to be a part of and the people in that industry are very cool. So it's all, you know, relatively young. Yeah. It's all, yeah, it's all cool. It's all relatively young. Um, you know, people who are super driven care about health and wellness. And a lot of the Mm. times care about kind of like some sort of social responsibility, whether it's That's sustainability, right. whether it's giving back to the community, like anything along those lines. Um, and so I just became obsessed with it and I wanted to meet as many people as possible. And so over the course of 2020, I would just reach out to every single Better For You brand that popped up That's on right. my Instagram, ask yeah. for a meeting um, and just started meeting as many people in the space. And after I would finish the call with like the founder, whoever it was, I'd be like, hey, I'd love to connect with anybody else if someone comes to mind. And that has since like,
0: really Very expanded
1: cool. the network. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I know, you know, almost every brand or a good amount of the brands um, out there. And through that, like a lot of the times people would say like, Hey, I love what you're doing with Pfizer. We, we need to like close this fundraise before we can partner with you guys. And I was like, Oh, well I invested in this kombucha company. You know, I think it's been three or four years now since I did that. I was like, I invested in this kombucha company a while back. Is there anything similar to that? Um, and they're like, yeah, pretty much like same kind of concept. And if you want to like write a check, like please do. And so that was also a learning experience, like that uh-huh. whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I would do influencer deals from my time on the bachelor and I would take yeah. the cash and I would turn around and invest that cash into a company that I liked. So if I did a so smart. 15k deal with a brand, I would take that invested in like this cool cookie dough brand that's better for you that I really liked. Or if I did a larger one, I would go invest in like somebody like Koya who's doing a big round. So that's right. Um, I did that for a little while. I didn't really tell anyone, it was like very it's kind just, of just like quiet. Yeah, it's just something I did. I didn't really think it was like a big deal. And then I looked up one day, like a few months ago, I was like, oh my God, I've invested in like 15 of these brands now Uh, I've deployed like a pretty significant amount of my own capital into these brands, super involved in however they want me to be, whether I'm like Pfizer's a vendor for them, I'm like connected with the founder, making intros for them, posting on social for them, like whatever it is. I was like, I should probably publicize this at some point just because it's my interest. Um, And then I launched Barber Ventures, which is like my pseudo VC fund. It's all just like solely ran by me. I invest in brands and Yeah, we've done 15 from seed to series B, um, all still pretty early stage. I think a few people may, I think we'll get one acquired this year. That's kind of like maybe two. That's kind of what I've been hearing. So we'll see. Um, But it's just been like such a crazy time. Like I met an entirely new group of people through that, like law firms for these brands when they help with financing. Yeah. Other VCs, other angel groups, people who create SPVs. Um, and it's just, it's just been a great, great experience.
0: Yeah. And you guys should see him. It's all lit up. I think that you get excited talking about okay. these things, which is great because clearly there's passion. Uh because also when you're trying to do something professionally, I think something we're learning on this podcast is that journey changes, right? The direction changes, what you learn, what you get excited about changes over time and the savvier you could be, which is something I wanted to bring up with you. It's like the savvier you can be and probably should be when it comes to your business and your business model or how you want to operate. Like you had said, where you're putting your investments and things of that nature Um is that something that you feel like was inherent even at your times at Morgan Stanley, or do you feel like you kind of learned over time how to get pretty much smarter, faster and stronger with all these things that are happening in your, in your business life? Yeah,
1: I would say it was more so business life. Um, like just, I feel like college doesn't really prepare you for anything. Nothing. Like, I think it's purely a social and emotional kind of development environment for people. Um, like, I, I don't even know what I use. I was an English major. So I felt like I would actually use that a lot because like with communicating and things like that. So I feel right. like I'm a pretty good writer and communicator and things like that outside of it. Like I couldn't do any like calculus right now or anything like that. So, <laughs> um, so my thing was all like real life experience where I feel like I just kind of learned on the fly. I'm a big, like, this would be like probably a theme of the podcast, but I'm a big, just like ask questions, ask for advice, ask for feedback, get thoughts on what I'm doing because um, I just want as much information as possible. And I think that's served me well over this period of time um, for business, for investments, just for personal life, always being down to connect people. I'm a big connector. Uh, anytime you need an intro or anything like that, I'm always happy to make it. So
0: yeah, I would say it's more so just kind of been on the fly. Mm. And, and did you find this to be something that you that you inherited over time or was it more like you already knew that these were your skills? The reason I'm asking is because like folks who haven't yet gotten an entrepreneurship or investment, for example, maybe thinking about doing it yet didn't realize that they may already have some of these tools in their tool belt, for instance, connecting people, being interested, asking questions, always trying to receive information, etc.
1: I I think it's all been in the last few, like maybe four years. Sure. Um, like I, I, I don't, when I was in college, I was, Kind of an idiot, sometimes like I was all of us, like, were. I, yeah. I was like, I, I came here to play football, like, I don't care about school that much. And then, like, junior, senior year, I started to realize, like, okay, well, hold on, like, this is like a small period in your life, like, you should really be focusing on things outside of it. And then, I started to network a little bit more, like, try to meet more alumni and learn about what they do and figure out what I wanted to do in life. Um, and the Williams network where I went to college is probably one of the best alumni networks as it relates to people being open to chat and connect with other people who went to Williams. Um, and I think I took that and just really brought it into my professional life. And That's I'm right. like, I will generally up until the last month, like would take almost every single meeting that somebody wanted to to meet in chat, depending on what it was. Um, just cause you never know what, what could happen, what could come of it. I've gotten a little busier the past month or so, so I can't really, I can't do it as much, but Um, I think I, I really have learned all of it over the past few years. Like I, I don't really know. I think playing sports plays into it, like Mm -hmm. being able to just work collaboratively with people. But outside of that, like, yeah, I, I I don't think it's something you're born with. I do think it's trial by fire. You just kind of got to be in it and learn and be ready to make changes when needed and put Mm -hmm. yourself in uncomfortable situations.
0: Sure. And let's speak to the folks here for a sec who, who may in their mind not see relationships as too much of a benefit unless the ROI comes immediately. And you mentioned this earlier, it's like the same concept of delayed gratification, right? So it sounds like you're someone who who's always taken the long-term approach even in relationships, you ask someone a question, you get to know them. Maybe, maybe you work together, maybe you don't, maybe you invest, maybe they come on board with Visor. And no matter what, you're open to the possibility of what could happen out of that friendship, relationship, connection, whatever. And that's important to realize because what happens is, and same how you and I met, I, I knew Dylan and I wasn't going to invite you on the podcast immediately after I met you, right? Long behold, we know some of the same <laughs> people in the brand spaces that you need to be connected to. It just becomes this never ending like, I like your energy. You like mine. Great. Let's do stuff together. It doesn't have to be transactional. The reason I bring it up is because a lot of times some folks have been um, maybe educated, but also been like told by the wrong people, maybe that, you know, when you're, when you're doing in networking and you need to be connecting with folks, it needs to be the right people who've done this and whatever. So speak to them for a moment. If they're, if they're in a place now where they're like, I want to be open to new connections and relationships, but I just don't really think it's worth it right now because I don't know what would come of it. So the importance of like not caring too much about what could happen out of it. Yeah,
1: I I think <clears throat> there's just so many opportunities you're missing out on if you're just laser focused on chatting with two people. Like it's just purely a numbers, like it's purely a numbers game one, but two, you quite literally never know what can come of it. Like they could say one thing, like I had a conversation with somebody, they said one thing and it changed the way I viewed like our entire business. And, yeah. I, de- and I never talked to that person again. Like just, just happened in conversation. I was like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. So mm-hmm. you just like never know. It, it could be a passing comment that they make and you never see that person again. It could be an intro that they make for you just randomly. Their uncle's brother runs some big VC fund who can help you. They end up working at, your dream company a year later, and you reconnect based on that, because you just had one good conversation. And that's how people remember you.
0: Mm. So I'm,
1: I am like, big on chat with as many people as possible, be open to it. And like, and and don't even view it. I always feel guilty, because I ask for intros all the time, like just from people across the board. And I'm, I'm like, and I return it with I'm an open book, please, like, if there's anything I can do, Just tell me, like, I'm always down. So I just think being open to it and being, like, willing to reciprocate, like, it just comes full circle. Like, that's really just what it comes down to at the end of the day is just, like, people helping people will ultimately move you and the people around you forward. And being closed off is just, like, the complete wrong way
0: to Mm -hmm. go about it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like, I guess when you... when you're closing your own doors before even walking through them, right? It's kind of like, you don't even know what's on the other side of it, which is why I'm glad you brought and said that. It came to mind because I'm like, well, Dylan's over here. Like we no duh, we're in sales, right? I think that a lot of it is a numbers game, but when it comes to like relationships that could become friends, that could become business, you know, eventually a business transaction of some kind. I think some folks steer the other way they don't necessarily care too much to to get involved in that way but most of the time like you had said it's it comes down to the baseline of people helping people to then move everyone's needles forward so i think that was very helpful
1: yeah and and you don't like even from the business side of things like if your business or your product doesn't legitimately and this is something we learned over the last few years like if this doesn't legitimately solve like my top three problems it it Like we're just working together because we're friends, but I'm it's actually not a business, like at the end of the day. So I think that's one thing. Like there's just so many opportunities that I think people will miss if they're just not open to having conversations. And you just again, you never know what could happen. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. so what? Maybe I can't work with this person, but I'm gonna end up becoming friends with them. Like my buddy from Rumble, for example. We ended up not working with Rumble, but now we're like really good friends lives in Venice. Like next time I'm up there, I'm going to see him and say, what's up. We'll get coffee. Like you just never know kind of how people can fit into your life, whether they're friends, whether it's significant other, it's a business partner. It's just an acquaintance that you meet. Like you just, you just never know.
0: Would you then, would you then add to that by saying it's got to be on timing and occasion. So for example, timing of the rumble partnership didn't work yet. You guys found each other as friends. I think that's that's the point, really. Like, As many people as you connect with, it's not necessarily going to come down. It's almost like accepting that, right? That when you're trying to make new connections or just getting to know people, meet them where they're at and it will make sense accordingly, no? Yeah. I think
1: timing is one of the biggest, like just either growth factors, but also sometimes limiting factors. Like if sure. you just don't have enough time, to make something happen it won't yeah. happen so that's why always being like prepared and open on like a continuous basis like you never know when that conversation is going to come up and you just missed your opportunity you never know like when someone's like hey if you can get this done for me in the next hour how that could change your entire business like um and then you also never know like some people may not be in the mood like i've gotten caught on a bad day before and i've just been like not the best person to talk to and i'm like hey i'm just not interested in this conversation And then the next day I was like, wow, I totally smoked that. Like, why was I acting that way? Like timing is just, it's everything at the end of the day. But if you can just continuously operate on that wavelength of I'm open, I'm always down to
0: chat. I'm always down to learn. um, I think time can be your friend in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, we'll talk about having fun here as we wrap up towards the end of the podcast episode with you, buddy. But I actually, let me, let me give one food for thought or one fruitful thought as to what you just said, because it might be helpful. There is something about the strategy of the more the merrier, especially in what you're doing professionally. But for any of us, I used to think, still kind of I'm coming out of this mind frame, that the more specific and the more the more intricate you get with goals and how you want to do your business, and I want to be the one niche thing, and then yeah. Like I used to think that way. Then I go. Yeah, but then you're not gonna make no money. (laughs) You know what I mean. Then you're not gonna have no friends. Then you're gonna get depressed, and you're gonna get anxious that things aren't working out because you're you're almost like closing the the window, right, or the door, as I'd mentioned earlier. You're closing things off by being so particular. And I guess it comes down to time, place, occasion. Like, what point in your career um, will that make the most sense? But I thought I would bring that up to you because you probably do both. I feel like you know where to zero in and to hyper-focus, and then you come out and live the more the merrier uh, in certain situations too.
1: Yeah, I would say business-wise, very hyper-focused currently um, with with the sense of like, I know the next 12 months like planned out, this is exactly what we need to do. But yeah. after that, like open, let's see kind of how the year goes. Maybe we make a change to this. Maybe we add this, like very open, like Flexible on that standpoint.
0: Outside of business,
1: yeah, I I am like the most easy going, do sure. not care. Go with the flow, more the yeah. merrier, broad. As long as you get like, your
0: workout in and, and you're drinking your magnesium, like
1: yes. And my uh <laughs> as long as I get my workout in, my smoothie and my you, magnesium, I do not care. Happy.
0: Dude, yeah, you're like, like a golden retriever. You, you feed him a little food and, and let him go run around it.
1: a bit with the ball, he's good to go. That's that's really it. I mean, I'm like yeah. I I tell, I tell my fiance, like, I'm probably like the most low maintenance. She's lucky. Like yeah,
0: very lucky. That very she, lucky. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, think, I think that like what we're learning from you is that there is nice to have separation, right? I think that separation creates what some people would consider balance where you do have like somewhat of a busy, maybe sometimes chaotic work life and you can balance it with this open ended, uh, yet also routine personal life. Listen, that that's what works for you. Part of this podcast too, is that like the mission of this show uh, nonetheless is you take what you need to out of what Dylan says here on this episode and you go and you run with it how you need to. You know what I mean? And you either add it or yeah. you just take it for food, food for thought. Like you'd mentioned, you heard one thing from someone that changed your entire business. You could hear one thing from Dylan today and had jumped off the podcast. Hope you're, hopefully you're still with us, but then, you know, then they can do what, what they want uh, what with it, do with it, what they want. Uh, yeah. So la- last, last thing I wanted to bring up here with you was just like having fun. I feel like you, you, you are fun. You, we, we love watching your Instagram and, and the the social life that you, that you portray and I love it. It's great. Uh, you're also a very friendly guy. How do you bring that into the workplace or your work really? Um, so that you're not kind of feeling like there's two versions of Dylan here. Do you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of times as entrepreneurs, the goal I thought was that you bring your full self to work because at Morgan Stanley and NBC, I loved NBC, by the way, and I'm sure you loved Morgan Stanley. You couldn't do that all the time. Now you have a little bit more yeah. freedom to do so. How do you do that?
1: I, I think it's like super important to do that. Like we actually have kind of internal rules where like, Hey, if we don't get along, with these people, like if they're not a pleasure to work with, we're not going to work with them. Like if they don't align with what we kind of like to do, then, then it's just not a fit Um, because stuff happens that comes up, that makes the partnership difficult. And if they were difficult when things were going well, imagine how it's going to go. And when, you know, something comes up. So um, I think from, from my perspective, I just tried to be the same person, like, I think people like that. I don't think anybody wants some uptight, formal kind of like, I think everybody is kind of more casual, especially with work from home and stuff like that. And that's just like what I like. And so just bringing that energy to calls when we talk to potential partners, to uh, internal calls, to whenever I have like one-on-one or even in stuff like Slack, just like having that business focus, but also being able to be like, Hey, this is also like a fun environment. We're all learning. We're, we're working towards the same goal kind of concept. I think it's super important for, for company
0: culture too. Mm. There you go. Listen, you've given us so much here. So I don't want to hold up Dylan uh, as he's about to go lock into the next couple of hours of his amazing <laughs> work life. Uh Dylan Barber, I'm I'm so glad you did this with me, man. I I was actually tuning into um some of our friends who've been on this podcast, Jason Tardic and Amanda Hirsch, uh and their conversations with you and and I think you you always bring a very on I was going to say authentic. Honest and authentic, right if i had to merge the words. Very honest and authentic version of what you're currently uh, living and learning right and what you my my
1: podcast with amanda was during my bad boy phase so ah, I was, wait that was that was like, a, that was
0: like 80 episode eight. like, i don't even know where she's at in her head i think it was like
1: two two or three years ago almost oh okay. maybe two years ago yeah that yeah. was when i was pandemic I, bad boys what they say man. pandemic bad boy man That was that was my bad boy phase there's now i've grown and matured a lot i'm 28 i'm turning 29 in four months like Dude, I'm you're still so
0: young I mean, I'm 26,
1: but I thought you were older. I think we've talked about
0: this. Yeah, I'm getting up there, man. 29 is scary. But the things you've accomplished, right? You should be very proud of yourself. Uh, And anybody who listened, uh, this is such a podcast that I have... just i'm honored to be able to book guests like dylan and and share all the things that he has to say with each and every one of you uh so if you click play thank you you could have chosen any other podcast out there i dropped two of them you should really go listen to them not that you have to go listen to dylan on them but uh not skinny but not fat's amazing and also trading secrets is probably one of my favorites because i love jason and uh Dylan, man, I just I appreciate you. And if there's anything else that you feel like might add a little sauce or flavor to the episode, by all means, uh, other than that, you you know, I'll, I'll let you back to your amazing life, man. No, I would just say if uh, three books that you should check out that
1: are like massive. Yeah, were like game changers for me is Never Split the Difference, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits is amazing. And then a fun one. Is super pumped if you've never read super pumped. I love that one. It's about the story of Uber. It's a great one.
0: Wow. There you go. And you get three books. Actually, you know what we'll do? We'll link them below. And you'll get the the books. books. Yeah. Never
1: never split the difference. Atomic habits. Those are my top two favorite books. Super pumped comes in at three. And then we've got The Art of War up next. So
0: boom. All right. Listen, he gave it to us, Let's folks. Go. Now you got something to go read as we gear up for summertime. Maybe you got some summertime reads. <laughs> uh, we'll also be linking everything about Dylan below to everything he's mentioned, his company, how you can find him on social media and on the web as well. So thank you so much again for tuning in. And Dylan, thank you. Thanks, man. Hey, it's Justin again, and that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned something new or exciting about routines or at least took something away from the guest I had on the show. Now, I've got plenty more episodes coming up on this podcast, so be sure to click that follow button wherever you're listening. Oh, and you know how it goes. The show only gets better when I hear from you. So drop a rating and review and let me know what you loved and maybe what we can do better on this podcast to keep you coming back each week. Now, until I get that next episode to you, start building the routines that matter most to you and inspire others to do the same.